So, uh, uh, hi, it's Graham here. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening like this, but uh, I wondered if you could do us a little favour. I haven't told Carol I'm going to do this, and frankly, I'm not sure she's going to find out. Let's maybe keep it that way, shall we? Uh, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so she won't hear that I've tacked this on to the beginning. But the European Security Blogger Awards, they're about to happen, and Smashing Security has been nominated in a couple of categories. Huzzah, huzzah! You can vote in the awards for your favourite security blogs and security podcasts, hint, hint, but you've only got a few days before the voting closes. So do it today. Do it now. Hit pause. Oh, not before I've told you the URL. It's smashingsecurity.com slash vote. That will redirect you through magic to the voting form. And, well, hey, made the best podcast co-hosted for the last six or so years by a Brit and a Canadian win. Um, yeah, over to you. Smashingsecurity.com slash vote. Thank you very much. We love you all, uh, at least the people who vote for us. Uh, but for now, back to your normal service. And uh, sorry about this interruption. Uh, who's recorded future? Ah, oh, recorded future. They're marvellous. They are very generously supporting the podcast this week. Oh, that's nice. Isn't it great? Yeah. They are the real-time threat intel firm. And they use machine learning technology to analyze the open and the dark web to give Ooh. people, yeah, I know, to give people greater insight into emerging threats, what's really going on out there. And do they share that information with people like us? Oh, yeah. So you can either sign up to be one of their customers, obviously, or you can get their free Cyber Daily newsletter and get the latest insights in your inbox at no charge whatsoever. All you have to do is go to recordedfuture.com slash intel. Recordedfuture.com slash intel? That's right. And thanks to Recorded Future for their support of the show. I fed you every line there, Graham. Smashing Security, Episode 32. The iPhone 8, a data breach of the AA, and a mystery no-show. With Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Smashing Security, Smashing Security episode 32. And I, my name is Graham Cluley, and I'm joined as always by my good buddy, Carol Terrio. Hello, Carol, how are you? Hello, Graham, I'm very well. You still out in Canada, are you? I am, and you'll see I have a bit of a frog in my throat. I got a bit of a cold for my niece, so uh, so oh, I hope I, I sound clear. Is she French-Canadian as well? No, she. well, she's Canadian. She's not really French-Canadian. Oh, okay. She's only, right. and she's three. So she's pretty cute. That, yeah. Okay. And now, who's our guest today? Oh, well, I'm a bit worried, actually, because he should be here. Um, we were expecting antivirus industry veteran yes. to be joining us today, but he hasn't shown up yet. So I, I hope he's all right. Now, in his defense, we are actually recording this on the morning of July the 4th. And well, he's, not, he's not waking up with a hangover then. Well, you might start celebrating Independence Day early. Who knows? He is American. So I don't I don't quite know. I mean, maybe he'll be joining us later on. Let's hope so. But shall we just, I mean, you've got a plane to catch and things, haven't I you? I have a plane to catch. So I think we should just crack on. Shall we just crack on? Short and, and sweet. If, if joins us later, then that, that'll be fantastic. Hokey cokey. Well, let me tell you what I'm going to talk about today. It's an okay. interesting topic, which is about the AA, not Alcoholics Anonymous, Carol. <laughs> no, 
This, I know that's what you were thinking. This is the Automobile Association, which sounds yes. rather grand, doesn't it? It is, it is the British um, Automobile Association. They are the fellows in the yellow vans who come out and rescue you when your car blows up and uh, try and sort you out. I've called them. They've been amazing with me. I've only had but great experiences with them, actually. Yeah. Me too. They're absolutely fantastic. If your fan belt snaps, they are yeah. the people who you want to call. Now, unfortunately, something a little bit odd appears to be happening with the Ooh, AA because okay. it looks like they've had a bit of a security incident. Okay. I haven't read anything about this because I've been on, you know, Canada Day family. So right. I'm, well, I'm, I'm sitting here with my popcorn. Gra- I was about to say, grab your popcorn <laughs> and I will tell you the story. Okay. So the story starts in April. Somebody okay. found that the AA's online store, which in fairness is run by a third party, appears to have made a boo-boo. Okay. Because a backup database of user information, things like names, email addresses, partial credit card details, had been left exposed. And so this this guy was able to download details of hundreds of thousands of AA customers. This guy being a uh, security pundit or well, a, a baddie? Uh, well, one assumes a good guy. Okay. Um, because okay. he informed the AA of the problem. And a few days later, it appears that the problem was then fixed. And okay. he said to them, he said to them uh, in June now, so this was a couple of months later, because he was waiting for the AA to send a message to its customers. What, a message saying that he found this problem? Well, a message saying that, you know, your data was exposed. There's a potential for it to have fallen into the hands of bad guys or, you know, whatever they were happening. And this know. is a UK company, right? This is AA in the UK. Yeah, AA yeah. in the UK. Yes. I don't know how, how yeah. they operate internationally. Okay. Carry on. Okay. And AA responded mm. to this guy and said, well, you know, you know, thank you very much for telling us about the problem and everything. Um, regarding telling our customers, we are following internal AA policies. I think you can read between the lines on that. Isn't there an act, that, a legislation in the UK that says you have to tell customers in this instance if, if their well, data has dep- been exposed? I think it depends on the absolute severity of what has occurred and what information. I've certainly, I, I would lean more towards informing customers and certainly informing the yes. Information Commissioner's Office, the ICO, the, the yep. regulatory body who, who look after these things, if an incident has occurred um, so that they, yep. can, they can determine you know, what's gone wrong and, and what uh, remediation and, may need to take place. Yeah, and note, yeah, if this happens after GDPR comes through, that's going to, yeah. Anyway, okay, yes, carry on. Yeah, that's listen, right. Well, go listen, listen to this, that episode. Go listen, listen to, to our episode. previous episode if you want to know all yeah. about GDPR and the implications there. So anyway, yeah. the breach was discovered in April. There was no notification to customers. May, no notification to customers. Huh. June, no notification to customers. Okay. And... Um, so a little sweeping under the carpet action. Well, potentially. It suddenly looked a little bit odd. And it was round about then at the end of June that people started receiving a very strange email from the AA. Purporting, from, purporting to be from the AA or from the AA? Well, don't ah, jump ahead okay. here, right? Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, okay, okay. So, sorry. so the AA itself was tweeting out a warning to people saying, whoa, 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 you know, if you if you get an email which appears to come from us talking about a password reset, please don't act upon the email. Don't click on the link. Don't phone us up. And people were very confused about this because the link really did go to the AA's website and oh. the phone number really was the AA. So they're thinking, and why would why would someone do that if it was uh, if it was for nefarious purposes? Yes. And right. the, a, f- a few hours later, mm. the AA came out and they said, well, look, you know, the email was legitimately from us, but it was sent in error. 
Okay. Uh, an accident occurred. But there were still some customers who were very confused about this because some customers reported that they had tried to log into the AA website and their passwords had stopped working. There was one user on Twitter who had actually contacted AA's support team via the telephone and they claimed that they were told that the AA had been hacked. Ooh. And yet the AA was now sending emails to people saying, there's been no hack, there's been no data breach. You know, don't panic, everybody. Please forget that oh, email which we sent you stinks. about the password reset. Yeah, this all smells a bit fishy, doesn't it? Like, I would, if I, if I was involved in this, I would be going, something's going on. It's so curious, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It may be that that email was sent entirely in error, right? I, I, and I have no reason to believe that it was connected to the earlier security breach. But all of this talk of the email, of course, mm. got people thinking about the earlier breach and people started talking about that more. And yep. people started saying to the AA, hang on. You had some kind of credit card breach. Data was compromised. Back, it back was in exposed. April. Back, back in, in April. April. Right. And the AA then went round like headless chickens on Twitter trying to calm everyone down, saying, all these media reports of us having a breach, they're full of misconceptions, they're full of inaccuracies, and none of our credit card data has been exposed. Okay. Hmm. And who's saying this? This is like, like what, the, the CEO or... But this is just, yeah, it, this is yeah, official, yeah, the, official communications from official AA. Official communications from the AA were saying this. And meanwhile, yeah. the BBC were reporting that there appeared to have been a breach and Motherboard and other sites and security researchers uh, like Troy Hunt were tweeting about this as mm. well. And Troy, for instance, was confirming with people in that database, which had been exposed, that they were indeed AA customers. And yes, the partial credit card information contained in that database did match their credit card numbers. And yet still, the AA said, nothing happened. You know, there was a problem. We fixed it on our store website, but credit card information has not been uh, compromised. Oh, God, this is like 101 how not to handle a situation <laughs> like this. Well, that's what I think. And this morning, oh. what I did, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday, just everyone's, everyone knows. We'll yeah. put this out on Thursday. But um, this morning on Tuesday, I, I posted a blog post because I've seen all this and I thought, hang on a minute. I right. got my hands on a screenshot of some of the credit card data, the part of the AA database containing people's credit card information, expiry dates, the last four digits of the credit card number, as well as there was additional information in the databases, such as the user's names and contact details and so forth. And I posted mm. a redacted version of that on my website and said, this doesn't make sense because this looks like credit card data to me, but the AA say none of it has been exposed. And do yeah. you know what happened? No. Well, the AA got in touch with me and he suggested that I should take the screenshot down <laughs> fairly urgently because he believed I was in breach of the Computer Misuse Act. That's which that's, that sounds a bit panicky. Oh dear. Okay, so yeah. he tells you he tells you your story. Basically, he doesn't like your story. He doesn't like my story. And he says that it's full of misconceptions and it's inaccurate. And, and you asked uh, him to clarify those misconceptions? Absolutely. So Fantastic. I'm hoping he's going to get back to me with a statement which I can publish at the end of my article. And I will link to that. Obviously, I or, want to give him a platform. Yeah. Um, but um, so far, all he's sort of said to me is that no passwords were changed in the email error episode. Well, you know, I... I didn't necessarily say that they were. I just said that some customers reported they couldn't get in. Right. Uh, also, he's saying no credit card information was compromised. And it's just like, well, I can see some. And other security researchers are saying they see some as well. So it feels very shambolic. It yeah, feels he, like a complete mess. I prefer to think that rather than deliberately 
uh, trying to cover up the facts. Well, if they want advice on how to handle it, I'm happy to speak to the AA. (laughs) (laughs) Carole, offering her services as a PR crisis expert. I'll even do, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I'll even do a pro bono. This is, so this is, this could be handled much, much better. Because the problem with handling it like this is they're going to, they're going to lose trust with their customers. If people don't feel like they trust you, they don't want to be with you. And there's a lot of competitors, right, to the AA. Well, yeah. I mean, there, there are some there are some big competitors. That's certainly true. But I mean, the thing the thing is this: is this can this a breach can happen to any organisation? Like, no one's immune to a yep. security incident happening. And I have sympathy for that happening. You know, we don't know the full details of how this particular one happened. It sounds like there was a third party involved as well, who may have some culpability. Who knows? However, if something like this happens, the first thing you need to think about are your customers and being open and data. transparent with them. It's their data that's breached. Right. Right. Like, sir, it's your systems that are maybe compromised, but you just need to put a bit of mortar in there and get it fixed, you know, plug the leak. But it's their data's gone. You want to do everything you can to avoid the perception of a cover-up. I mean, what what no, killed- No, Graham, what, Graham, no, no. You what? do not want to do a cover-up, right? No, I'm, not in this no, situation. No, no, it's not perception. Saying- it's not just perception. <laughs> Right. It's don't do a cover up. Right. Yeah. Don't don't cover it up. But, you know, avoid any chance that someone might mistake it as potentially being a cover up. I mean, yeah. Right. Nixon. Right. Richard Milhouse Nixon. What did him? It wasn't so much the bugging of the Watergate building. It was the cover up afterwards, which eventually got rid of him. And that is what so many organizations need to learn is you will get in much worse mess than the data breach if you fumble and screw up your customer so, communications and they lose your yeah. trust. So my free advice to them right now in this situation is for the head honcho to write a blog article detailing what's happened in a timeline timeline fashion, going back to April and to date now, explaining it to the customers. And it should be open and, you know, for all of us to read. He doesn't have to go into details about the breach or the how the hack worked, because if he doesn't know, and, or you know, but he should be able to kind of explain the process of, you know, find, because we know, we know we've been in these situations. We know you drip information dribble out in a non-orderly fashion and you have to piece all these things together to figure out what happened you, you know sometimes right. it takes a while and it sucks and actually you can turn a disaster into something actually positive because you can actually grow more trust by being more open and honest with people uh, and yeah it's i think you're right i mean it, it, it it's it's been a bit of a mess it's not completely unrecoverable but it feels to me like they've got themselves in a much worse mess than the even the original data breach could have yep. potentially caused. Well, we'll see what happens. I think if anything else happens before publishing on Thursday, we could maybe add just a little update just to make it more timely for our listeners. Right, Graham? <laughs> Great. Over to <laughs> its topic. Graham, I can't wait to hear what you're going to talk about today. He's not here, Crow. <laughs> Seriously, I hope he's all right. Okay, of course. Okay, ninety-nine percent. He's probably all right, right? He's probably yeah. just slept in, or he's forgotten about it, or he doesn't use his calendar. How the right could you way. forget about the Smashing Security podcast? Okay. okay, honestly, I am hurt. Okay, I'm a little hurt, <laughs> but I, I am right. I like this thing, and it, we've, this has never happened to us before. You know, um, it's it's not like other people wouldn't want to be on. Right, we're you know. That Javad Malik the other hold- week. He was yeah. very keen. Yeah, John Hawes was really keen. John Hawes, oh, he's excellent. Yeah, and we, you know, oh, and we have Michael Hux coming in next week. He's confirmed. Oh, do we? Yeah, yeah, we've had him once before. He's great. Fantastic. So, anyway.
I hope you're okay. But if you are okay, where are you? (laughs) (laughs) Carol, over to you. What is your story of the week? Okay. Well, I want to talk about iPhone's 10th anniversary. Okay. Um, And that is coming up. And rumors have it that Apple is preparing a quite an exciting launch to celebrate this anniversary. Um, So for the first time, there's going to be three phones available and they're expected this fall. Two of which are going to be upgraded versions of the current models. But one is a top of the line kind of handset with a completely overhauled look. And this is all according to Bloomberg. So predicted features. Now, of course, we all know that Apple keep this very close to their chest and people, you know, and they yes. put out loads of prototypes to be tested, mm-hmm. to be produced to try and kind of confuse it. So it's quite fun. It's a bit like a movie. You know? mm-hmm. um, now, so predicted features include a curved glass front, a stainless steel housing, better color display so like deeper blacks whiter whites oh yeah camera. I, i've always got a problem with the blacks and whites on my iphone what do people like okay, how you can know what, people's though? eyesight that they need that sort of stuff done you really oh you should go and google the darkest black and f- there's great youtube videos about the deepest black they can only produce a tiny amount every year but it's as dark as anything it's the darkest black ever, oh, ever. Really? it's quite cool it's really cool how they do it you should go All watch. Right. okay okay anyway so they're also looking at apple's also looking at testing faster processors right based on small smaller 10 nanometer production. Now that's down from 16 nanometers, which is the what's in current existing phones. And smaller processors are quite cool because they're more efficient and they will help you provide more features, allowing Apple to retain battery life while giving you new cool stuff. So that's quite a cool balancing act that they've got to face. You know, you know what I'd like? What would I feel you like? like they, they, <laughs> yeah, because I know Tim Cook is listening to this, right? Yes, right of course now. He is. Of course he's a big big fan of the show. Steve Jobs probably isn't. <laughs> Please. Okay, go on, go on. Okay, so Tim Cook's not um, listening, but what feature would you like uh, to anyway, anyway, look, listen, listen, listen. I'm listening. They, they keep on shaving off more millimetres to make the phone even skinnier, right? Mm. I don't need a skinnier phone. I need a phone which has got a fatter battery, right? That's mm. what I actually want. I don't want something which is skinny. And I also don't want one of those clown shoe phones. You know the you know they now have these enormous Samsung do it and that there's there's the iPhone 7s is it mm-hmm. the 7s the stupidly large one which makes me look like I've got hands the size of Donald Trump Well you do well, Okay <laughs> Okay my hands are quite small that's true But anyway I just don't want I'm anything making- which, I don't want anything which emphasizes it even more so can we just have a better battery full stop rather than trying to squeeze everything into a smaller space? You know, it's interesting. So uh, my niece and nephew have been hanging out with family, right? They're what, uh, eight and 10, right? Yeah. Um, they have these ginormous kind of cases they put around their phones, yes. their little iPods. Yeah. They're not phones, but you know, I, you know, like iPod stuff that yeah. they're playing with. Like huge, looks like a monster. And the other one looks like an old rotary phone on the back. Okay. But it's, it's like twice the size of the phone in terms of width. It's almost, Is this to protect them if they drop them or something? Well, it's A, I think it's cute. B, I think it does protect it. But three, I think it's easier for them to hold and see the screen because they have their little hands and they hold, oh, okay. you know, they're holding this plastic bit in their arms and they can see the full screen without their fingers kind of, you know. So you're saying that I have the hands of a seven-year-old girl. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying lots of people <laughs> might r- prefer a larger phone, you know, with more battery than a um, very skinny thing. Anyway, okay, well, Graham, I'm sure Tim Cook heard you. Uh, okay, it'll be in the next sorry. One. Sorry for the interruption. No, no, it's fine, it's fine. Um, now, one of the cool changes is they want to do away with the bezel. So the edge around the screen where the home button sits. Oh, yeah. Yep. And the problem with that is if the home button disappears, do we say bye-bye to Touch ID fingerprint scanning? 
right? Because mm-hmm. that's what we use. So some have suggested, so, so people are thinking, oh, if they're going to make the whole front of the screen, a, you know, an actual screen, how, where's the button going to go? Some have suggested it might move to the side or the back of the phone. Yeah, the back. I think some Android phones have their sort of fingerprint scanning on the back of the phone. Yeah, I don't know. I find that I think that would annoy the heck out of me. Actually, okay. I think I think it would feel that I was locking my phone. You know, I I would be touching it all the time in a way that would be annoying. And also, what about phone cases? Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, but some are suggesting that actually, what's actually going to happen is they're going to introduce three D based facial recognition sensors combined with like eye scanning technology. So users, rather than using their like thumbprint or index print, will actually scan their face and eyes in order to log in. All right. Hmm. I know. I felt weird when I first read this. I was thinking, you know, first they collect all our fingerprints. <laughs> <laughs> now they want to know all our, you know, our facial mapping and and eyes, uh, you know, eye scans. Although, although to be fair, okay, when they did the fingerprint thing, Apple was quite good. It wasn't as though your fingerprint data was going to Cupertino so they could put it in some evil database. Yeah. It was kept in a secure enclave, I think they called it, on the actual oh. device. So they were keeping it very securely. And I would imagine if yeah. they are going to do any kind of 3D facial recognition, eye scanning stuff... I think Apple will be very, very conscious of that, and they will want to store that securely on the device rather than, frankly, they don't want to hold that kind of toxic data. Who wants to store that data? Because if it ever was breached, that'd be a problem for them. So right now, this is the problem that they've been having with government authorities who kind of want access. Is that part of, you know, is that kind of, so they're basically saying we can't access, we can't decrypt a phone. Well, yeah, they they store this. They store this information very securely, exactly, and so they will not jump through hoops for law enforcement, and that's why law enforcement finds it so difficult sometimes to unlock these devices. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't know if the law changes though, and they're forced. Would they be able to access this information and provide it to authorities if they, upon you know, a specific request, you know? I guess you could point the phone at your suspect's face or something like that (laughs) if if you had. If you have habeas corpus, yeah. you know, if you have their body. It's harder to cut off your face than your fingers, right? Well, <laughs> I haven't tried either. Oh, you cut off no, your we- finger recently, didn't you? <laughs> I do cut my fingers a lot. I do a lot of cooking, so I, I do. <laughs> now, yeah, they're collecting the facial, you know, facial identifying data. I agree. They do store it well. I mean, they sell, as you were saying, they sell the phones, right? They don't give you a cheap handset and then sell the data or use that data to sell yeah, um, ads this- and... This, I think, is quite an important difference between Apple and some of the other manufacturers out there and some of the other technology companies. Apple charge you an arm and a leg for some of their devices because they want to make money selling the hardware. They want to make money selling you apps and things like that, right? That's how, that's yeah. how they've made themselves a fortune. There are other companies out there, naming no, no, naming no names, <laughs> who are much more interested in giving you devices on the cheap. And then they will make money through advertising or collecting your information and monetizing that information instead. So there's a fundamental different approach. And as you can imagine, (laughs) well, you know, as you can imagine, working in the security and privacy field, um, you know, we lean one way a little bit more than the other. And, you know, I don't know, they're sexy devices. That's the thing. Actually, though, I am going to try and stick with my 6S as long as possible right. because I really like the whole cable headphone thing. I don't want to yeah. have, I want the cable. I, and I, I yeah, and I don't well, like. Well, they, they, yeah. they removed all that, didn't they? To make yeah. it skinnier, I think. Yeah. You see? Yeah. You see? But more than that, Crow, it's not just about them being sexy devices. I, I think the amazing thing about the Apple iPhone, and here we are at the 10th anniversary, the incredible thing is there has been no major malware outbreak for iphone yep that 
is extraordinary. It's extraordinary in 10 years, actually. And how many of the, maybe 20% of mobile phone users use Apple, use iPhones? I don't know. There, there are many more yeah. Android users than iPhone, yeah. but it clearly is. a serious is, market. You know, they, they, I think they do have a, they have certainly a dedicated following. There have uh, sometimes been very targeted attacks. And yeah. obviously there are other threats beyond uh, sort of malware. And, and But generally, They've done a really good job. And they've done a good job by, frankly, being, you know, control freaks about what yeah. happens on their device. And, and But also, to give them credit, thinking about security and privacy, I think, in a way which other companies maybe could take a lead from. Yeah. But, you know, I can't help but wonder if, like, you know, the next version, the iPhone 9 is going to have a tiny little needle that pricks into your finger to just do a DNA collection to let you in. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope it never comes to that. Well, I think... I think it's time probably to uh, thank our sponsor for supporting the show this week. It is. Smashing Security is made possible by the generous support of Recorded Future. Recorded Future are the real-time threat intel firm whose machine learning technology analyzes the open and dark web to give you great insight into emerging threats. Sign up to their Cyber Daily newsletter and get the latest insights at recordedfuture.com slash intel. That's recordedfuture.com slash intel. On with the show. Okay, welcome back to the show. And it is time for our picks of the week. Pick of the week. Pick of the week. Our favorite bit of the week, isn't it? Pick of the week. <laughs> it is. Although mine's not funny. I Maybe I should go first. Maybe I should go first because mine's fascinating, but it's not funny. And I know you like funny ones. So I thought, you know, maybe I well, should go first like and go the, second. It's a bit like the and finally bit on a news report of the skateboarding I duck. Know, exactly. you, know, you, want to, okay. you want to leave people on a happy note. Have you got something a bit miserable then? Yeah, but fascinating. Like All right, just, go on then. Okay. So I, the reason I'm calling this a tip is that my tip is don't do this. Okay, that's my tip. Oh, okay. All okay, right. so um, this is all about um, kids, two teens trying to become YouTube celebrities. And they came up all with right. a rather, uh, I don't know, insert modifier here, idea to ramp up their views and subscribers to their YouTube channel, La Mona Lisa. Okay, now Mona, La Mona Lisa is a kind of channel that features this couple uh, doing dares and stunts um, and, you know, a few family videos and that kind of thing. So this is their idea. You tell me what you think. Tell me if you would try this at home, right? So you mm -hmm. set up two cameras to capture um, mm -hmm. your wife or your girlfriend firing a gun at you. Whoa. Right? Whoa. Whoa. Hang on a minute. From, from a foot away, from a foot away. But don't worry, you have protection in the form of a hard back book and i think in this case was an encyclopedia was used in front of your chest so i uh, imagine mrs cluley pointing a gun at your chest right a foot away i, right I can easily imagine that yes <laughs> okay and and um the guy this guy pedro louis ruiz okay um yeah, apparently yeah. convinced his girlfriend mona lisa perez that the book would stop the bullet from a foot away okay now you're thinking okay maybe what kind of gun were they using that was the first question i asked what kind of gun yeah, did they use yeah. right yeah. Um, Maybe it's like shooting they blanks. Use, or they didn't use. They didn't use a little nothing. You know, a little twenty-two. They use a Desert Eagle fifty caliber pistol. Now, I of course had to Google this, knowing absolutely nothing about guns, <laughs> um, but was quite shocked to learn that the fifty in that in that title actually refers to the bullet size, and that means that the bullet is half an inch in diameter. Okay, this gun is a massive handgun. It can shoot, the bullet can go, if un uninterrupted, 200 meters is its maximum length. Oh my goodness. Right? That, so, that <laughs> is quite, 
quite a big bullet. I, oh, I don't know anything about, about guns it. and no, things because I'm British. Think about half an inch, right? Like, think about half an inch. It's a anyway. It's a huge bullet. It's huge. I'll put links in the story so you can actually go see how much bigger. And it is he's not bullets. wearing. Uh, he's well, wearing I've an encyclopedia. A, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bad feeling about how this yep. is going to end. Yeah. Um, so it did okay. Not, so he's not wearing a bulletproof jacket. He's he, uh, he, she's just shooting from a. Yeah, close range through an encyclopedia into his right. chest, and yes, it went completely through. Now, what makes this kind of tragic is that he did a bit of testing on this beforehand, and he shot it through a stack of books, I think on a bookcase, right. and he was able to show his friend that the bullet did not go through the entirety of the first book. But of course, the, you know, the pressure of all those books being together may have made that different, oh. right? It might have changed that. So by taking the book out and just holding it in front of you, and also, like, wouldn't wouldn't the force of the gun slam that book to your chest so fast? Oh, anyway, I just think it's so it's crazy. Uh, I suppose I don't have to ask. He's died, has he? He has died. Oh my he, goodness! Who's pregnant with their second child <gasps> now faces second degree manslaughter charges. <sighs> She's looking at a maximum sentence of ten years in prison, or a fine of twenty thousand dollars, or both. So I thought, God, could this actually be a Darwin Award? Could this be a Darwin Award? So I looked up the Darwin Awards. I know, I know, but come on, come on. It is a silly thing to do. But however, it doesn't because, you know, yes, yes, you know, he has died. So that's one, that's one category, one, one criteria. Astounding misapplication of judgment, which I think this qualifies, um, uh, but the problem is that he didn't cause his own demise, did he? Even though it was his plan, because he, he got didn't, someone else. He didn't pull to the cover. It. Yeah, he didn't pull the. He didn't pull the trigger. This is but, horrible. Like you know, yeah. But this, you know what scares but, me? What scares me is the the like you must want fame so badly. Yes, I do. They wanted to do this for like maybe we can get three hundred thousand subscribers. That was the day before. There's videos that are still on their channel that you can see from the day before and a few hours before yeah. saying we're really hoping for that. Anyway, so this is my tip. Don't do this. You know, when we have to learn, I know you don't like us talking about these kind of things, but we ha- I think we have to learn about these things. The more we, people talk about it, they'll think, okay, not a good idea. Think twice. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, okay. Thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing your pick oh, of the what? week. <laughs> pick hey, of the week. Hey, okay. You go, you go, you go. Cheer us up. Cheer us up. All right. Well, I'll give, well, you know, I don't know if mine's completely cheery either. Um, so I've been having I've been having a few problems with my ear. Um, oh, it's I, true. Yeah. So um, I love podcasts. I love nothing more when I go to bed at night Me too. than to have a little earphone shoved down my ear canal, playing a podcast. Probably this podcast. I just listen to Smashing Security for eight <laughs> hours every night. What better way to spend my time? Okay, I do this. I do this. Are you saying I'm doing something wrong? I do this. Yeah, every for night. goodness' sake, you've got to stop doing it. Are you serious? Yeah, because not well. Here's the thing. So I've now become an expert on ears and ear-related diseases. Doctor Graham is okay. in the house. Tell us everything. EAT. You know earwax. Mm-hmm. First of all, apparently it's nothing to do with being grubby, but earwax is generated in order to get rid of foreign bodies in your ear, and earwax naturally is supposed to come out of your ear, and it typically comes out of your ear at night. Right now, if you've got your earphones in, your earwax does not come out. And if you keep on wearing earphones all the time, and I'm talking about these in 
in ear earphones, as it were. Um, then like the iPhone, like iPhone, like yeah, iPhone exactly, earphones? like those. Um, right. uh, and and there are many other brands as well. No, no I just uh, mean that there's some this. that you can also shove into your ear. You know, that kind of seal around the. I guess it's your ear canal. My, yeah, well, I, the, the, I'm talking about the ones which actually go in the hole, right? Okay. Um, but the point is, earwax is meant to come out, right? Yep. So I started get I, I, got, I had a bit of sinus trouble the other day, and I started to get some pain in my right ear. And initially, I Did-ums. thought poor diddums. Yeah, exactly. I, and um, I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, "Well, we can't actually see what's going on with your eardrum because you've got too much earwax in this particular ear." And I said, "Okay." So I got I got that sorted out. Turns out these days they basically use a vacuum cleaner to get rid of. Earwax, right? They don't fringe it anymore. They've got this little micro suction thing. Very cool. Very cool. Cool. So I went and got it. And so I had the earwax removed. And I thought, once I've done that, I'll be able to hear properly. Because the problem was, when I began to suffer, it felt like my right ear had not popped. And so I was constantly underwater. Right. Yeah. And so they got rid of the earwax. And unfortunately, that hasn't changed anything. And I've got some uh, infection or some liquid. Oh, my uh, God. In my middle ear, which makes me feel like I'm underwater. Yes, I'm I know. actually I'm shocked because I'm worried about my ears. That's <laughs> right, and it's not very pleasant at all, and it can take months Aww. to fix. Um, but one of, th- uh, but don't worry about that. You know, I'm getting medication, and it may be that I have to have a little operation. That oh, you're worried about. that all your listeners are going to send flowers or something. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Jesus Christ! But anyway, there is okay. there are things there are things which they can do, um, yeah. but it but it takes a little bit of time, and but. Here's what I discovered. There are these things called sleep earphones or sleep headphones. And they're kind of cool. So, Carol, if you are like me and you love to listen to podcasts yes, and fall do, asleep do, listening do. to podcasts, okay. you can wear this like you can get them on Amazon and things like that. There's different priced ones. But you can get like these things which are like a John McEnroe style headband. Right. So it goes. So it's like you know, hey, I've just been down the gym or whatever like that. But they have slipped into them very, very flat speakers on the side. Hey, and right? that'll help you with your sweating problem as well. Uh, well, I've got, I've got. You can, <laughs> <laughs> well, you you can get them in different materials. So there are ones which are better for hotter climates and hotter times of the year than others. But anyway. Um, and you can sleep on these quite comfortably and you can still have your little voice. It's even possible to get wireless ones. Now, I thought that was a bloody stupid idea, to be honest, because why would I want some very clunky Bluetooth device in my headband connected to my phone? So I've got one which is on a wire, but it means I can listen to my podcasts and there's nothing actually in my ear. And of course, Mrs. Cluley hopefully will not be irritated by any extraneous noise coming oh, from whatever course, I'm recording. because I was just thinking to. about, you know, if someone, you know, because you know how there's like flexible plastics and flexible readers now, like for flexi- you, know, oh, yeah. you could actually, if you could put a speaker into that, you could actually just have it under your pillowcase, right? Because my mum listens to podcast, listens to radio all the time. Right. She does it through, uh, she has a tiny speaker that she puts underneath her pillow. Right. And then the sound comes through her pillow. Apparently it doesn't bother my dad at all. And because uh, right. she doesn't like things in her ear. So, yeah. Interesting. Huh. Well, that's cool. Okay. So, yeah, so I'm, I'll look into that. I'll look into that. That's, yeah, and they're, that's they're not a cool very expensive. Tip. Thank that's you very much. Tip. You might want one. I'm, I think I might. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just uh, people, just take care of your ears, right? We want you to carry on listening to the podcast. So look yeah, after right. them. Yeah, right. There's not any other senses they can use, right? Well, <laughs> not, <laughs> for, not with for, the podcast. For podcasts, no. Exactly. No. And if you do like the podcast, be sure to go and give us a good review on something like iTunes or Stitcher or I don't know if you can give reviews on Google Play, but have we're guys, up there as well. Have you guys well. learned how desperate Graham is for reviews? Have you, have you gotten wind of that? 
It's the only validation we get, Crow. I get lots hey, of validation. Even our guests don't show up anymore. Oh, my. He, he didn't show up at all, did he? He's not You're going to have to call not, him. You're going to have I'm to call gonna, him. I'll give him a call. But I hope that hasn't been too... Uh, hope you haven't missed out too much on this extra short edition of Smashing Security Crow. Thank you for showing up. I've, I showed up to every single... Every you have. You've been... So have you. Than so have you. Well you, done, do you, Graham. Do you remember that Vanya guy? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Go to www.smashingsecurity.com. You can leave us a comment up there. You can find our email form as well if you want to drop us a line and a link to our Twitter. But until next time, toodaloo. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.